You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, this morning, in typical fashion, we have a missionary guest with us. And we, uh, as we celebrate 20 years last year, we realized this morning that this missionary family could be, it was either the first, second, or third missionary that the Gateway Church ever picked up. So they were being supported before my family came. When we came, Jessica, there were uh, three or maybe four mission missionaries that we were supporting as a church, and the priests were one of those. And so we, today, we are celebrating, last week we celebrated 20 years. Well, you guys have been on the mission field almost 20 years, and we've been with you. And what a joy. Today we're going to get a shareholder's report. Um, just what is God doing? How is God moving in Germany, in the Europe, uh, uh, Europe world? <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, it's awesome. And so, and for those, we got so many folks that are newer with us these days. We do something special for our missionaries. We give a Royal Gateway welcome. And what that basically is, it's an opportunity to let our missionaries know how much we love and appreciate them, that they are heroes. And, uh, and so without further ado, would you join me and others that know what a Royal Gateway welcome is to welcome the Priest family. Let's give them a Royal Gateway welcome. Woo! Thank you. Good morning. But that makes me want to just run around and high five everybody. That's awesome. Good morning, Gateway. We are your missionaries, and uh, my wife Amy is with me this morning, and my son Alex will show a picture of the whole family. We also have Mercy and Jack, and uh, together we are your missionaries in Germany. Mercy was, uh, she's now 20. She was 18 months old when we left for the mission field. And uh, both the boys were born in the city of Berlin. We spent the first 12 years of our ministry partnering with you guys to plant a Chi Alpha group, a student ministry in Berlin. We also helped plant two churches in that city during our time there. But the last time that I was with you, it was back in 2013, and we were getting ready to go to Heidelberg. And so that's where we've spent the last six years is ministering in the city of Heidelberg. I'll show you a picture of that place. It's, uh, it's a, a quaint little town with about 150,000 people. 40,000 of them are college students. It's the Harvard of Germany. And the university there was founded in 1386. Look at your neighbor and say, that's old, y'all. 1386 is when they started the university there. We went there to replant a church, to reach college students, to reach young families, to reach all generations, and God is just blessed as we begin to just to reach out and minister. Our, our first Sunday there, it was about 10 people when we got to this little church to replant. We were a family of five, and so that means we were 15 people. That's 50% church growth in one week. <laughs> Woo! 
And then some people brought visitors, and so we had 20 people. So we had 100% church growth right off the bat. But I'll show you this next picture. I call this Sunday selfie. Pastor, you could do this maybe once a year, you know. And uh, this, is, uh, this was our congregation back there after we got things going. And uh, the fire marshal says that uh, you can only get 65 chairs in that room, but you know what? I get 95 in that room, and so we packed them in, but we just quickly grew and grew and outgrew our space. We have over two services. The church is running over 250 people, 50% of our congregation. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. 50% of our congregation are Germans. The other half of our congregation comes from over 40 different nations. That is Gateway Missions at work right there. Because of your faithful giving and sending us out there, we have been reaching people. I'll show you this next picture. We had a baptism Sunday in our courtyard. That's our baptism pool there. I bought that at like the local Walmart, okay? And uh, but we can baptize folks. But we had folks from over five different countries and nations getting baptized that day. And uh, God has just blessed us. And I want to share a scripture verse with you. We're going to look at this verse as well while I, while I share a message in just a little bit. But it comes from Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. It says this, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Look at your neighbor and say, open door. You know, when God gives you an, an opportunity, a window of opportunity, no one can take that away from you. The question is, are we going to step through that doorway in faith? I really appreciated what the, what the youth were sharing this morning and with the worship team. Are we going to have that faith? We could either choose fear or we could choose faith. Now, when we got to Heidelberg, something that we didn't expect, we thought, okay, well, we're going to be planting this church. But there had been a bookstore right in front of the church property for 40 years, but it closed and God gave us a dream and a vision and the faith to say, you know what? We could convert that space into a coffee shop and it'd be an evangelistic cafe. And so that's what we did. We call it heart and soul. And uh, every day before COVID, or not every day, but every week before COVID, we had over 500 people walking through the doors of that cafe. We were voted one of the top five cafes in the city. And we're known as the pay what you want cafe because we don't charge a set price we do all of our hot drinks based on a donation and uh, God just put that in our heart of, of how we were going to do it and, and the, the the wild thing is most of those people that are walking through the door they have never met somebody in their life before who is born again until they interact with our volunteers and I want to tell you about my friend Hannah she walked in the front door of our cafe one day and Amy, my wife, just happened to be the one working the counter and making the drinks. And Hannah came in and, and she said, are you guys hiring? And Amy said, well, actually, no, because everybody here is a volunteer. And you see, there's a, a church that sponsors this cafe. And, and so we're just, you know, we, we don't actually even charge a set price for our coffee. We just want to show the love of Jesus in a practical way. And this young college student was intrigued. She's like, well, what's coffee and donations and how is that showing the love of Jesus? What do you mean? And Amy said, well, you see, those that can afford to give more, they give more for their coffee. And those that can only afford to give less, they give less. But that way, everybody in our community gets in on it and everybody can participate. And we just think that's how Jesus would do things because he wants everyone to be a part. And this girl said, wow, well, I'm really intrigued by that. You know... I'll probably find a job somewhere else. 
And, uh, but I might have a couple of hours a week that I could volunteer. Could I be a part of your team? And Amy said, absolutely. She goes, well, wait, there's something you need to know about me, though, first. I'm an atheist. I, I don't believe in God, so I'm not, like, into that Christian thing. Do, would you still want me to be part of your team? And Amy said, absolutely. You come. We'll teach you how to make the coffee. You can be a part of our team here. And she did. She, became, she, she joined and started working at Heart and Soul. She became one of the most faithful volunteers we've ever had. And you know what? Hannah started coming to a small group. And then she started coming to our student group. And then she started coming on Sunday morning to church. And Hannah made friends with Jesus. That's how it works. That's Gateway Missions. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your support. We've been doing this together for almost 20 years. I was like 10 when we started. So <laughs> Pastor Ben's going to come. Then I'm going to come back and share the word in just a minute. <laughs> that means I was three when you started. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Man, what an incredible testimony of God's grace and great, his favor on your life. And the Lord is using you. Uh, we often will highlight missions and just move on forward. But we want to pause here and try to uh, encourage you to join us in something that a lot of you have already participated in. It's called Faith Promise Giving. And when you came in today, uh, you should have all received a Faith Promise card that looks like this. And I would just want you to hold this in your hand for the next few moments as we share. I'm going to ask the missions board to join me. And uh, we've got a bunch of the missions board uh, here, second service. And just come on up and uh, you can stand behind me. But as we do that, I want to just cast some vision for what... Gateway Missions is. It's exactly what Keith, uh, Kirk Priest was just saying uh, in regards to what's happening in Europe and in Germany. Uh, but it's also faces in Haiti where there are, there's oppression and there's those that don't get a good education. Gateway Missions is also children in India that take baths in sewers that people are where we have missionaries reaching out. Children that are abused in homes uh, in even our own neighborhoods. We've got missions locally that reach out for cases like that. We have missionaries that are, uh, that are in our prisons and working with men and women and uh, that feel like they have no future. And we have missionaries uh, serving the homeless as well. And that's just a small percentage. And we have about 110, a little over 110 missionaries or missionary organizations that we support as a church every single month. And we do that because there are people in each of these regions, each of these situations, that even if they knew what Jeremiah 29, 11 said, that God has great plans for them, even if they had heard that verse before, and a lot of them have never heard that, they wouldn't believe it because of their circumstances. And so we send missionaries, and we are missionaries, to be the light. And we do that, and we say that we are bringing God's word to life. And God's word to life looks like this. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we get a chance 
to make that a reality, that we bring the light. John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will no longer be in darkness. And there are people in darkness that need that light in their life. John 1, 5 says, the light shines through the darkness. Aren't you glad that that's a, a reality in our lives and in the lives of our missionaries and in the lives of those that we're reaching? And the truth is, is that we are the light of the world. And th this is a great team um, of missionary supporters here at the Gateway Church. And there's a few others that are on the missions team as well. And uh, I asked a couple of them to share this morning about faith promise giving and how it's impacted their life, what they understand. And uh, Sarah, I'm going to ask you to go first. Good morning. That was loud. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I've been on the mission board for six or seven years here, um, was mission director for 11 years at our previous church, and just love missions, I do. Um, so this is just a natural place for me to stand. Um, I want to be a missionary when I grow up, but apparently God has other things for me. So, um, you know, one time I was in Guatemala, and the missionary said to me, the, everybody wants to know the point of life. What's the point of life? I mean, how many of you wonder that sometimes? If you read the word of God, it says the point of life is to know God and to make him known. The end. That's it. That's what the word of God says. Know God, make him known to others. And so that's why we do missions. Um, the cool thing about faith promise, and I had never seen this done before, even though I grew up in an AG church, um, is that you pray and you ask God, Lord, what would you have me give? We were just talking about faith and talking about stepping out of fear. And, and you write a number down. And nobody's going to come at you and say, well, you said you were going to give this. But you trust God to go above and beyond what you have in your pocket. And then he begins to bless you. And the cool thing about faith promise giving is that 100% of what you give goes straight to the nations. It goes to the missionaries. That's where the paycheck for the missionaries comes from. If, if we're not giving, they can't be there because they don't have time to work a full-time job to support their families and pay their bills. They have time, all of their time, is knowing God and making him known. And I can't go to Berlin and do this right now, but they can, and I can support them to do that. So for me, this is a no-brainer. And what if you say, well, I could only give a dollar a week. I mean, I can barely great, do it. Because God, I mean, all through the Bible, you see God take a little bit and multiply it and multiply it. And somehow we are supporting 100 and what was the number? 112 or 113 missionaries here at the church. That's 112 different places in the world that are hearing the gospel because somebody was faithful enough to give their dollar. And so, to me, this is just easy. It's an easy way for me to help make God known in the nations that I can't get to today. 
Thanks, Sarah. I love your heart. And I'm going to ask my mother-in-law. I've never done this before. But, uh, but Jerry, why don't you come on up, and, uh, and, then, we'll, and then we'll continue. Yeah. Okay. okay. I just want to say that, you know, even from a child, missions was a, a part of my life. You know, uh, the church I grew up in, you know, I was the one person probably, you know, they always laugh about the slides that people, the missionaries used. I loved them. I loved them. Absolutely. And I married a man who the church background he came from, his pastor was the head of a large missionary um, endeavor and went all over the world. And of course, we supported that in our first um, married life. But I want to just say about the faith promises you know, we're not asking for your money to, you know, for some grand, uh, I don't know what I want to say. It, it, we want the money to go for the missions. You know, I have to say that my husband and I, as long as we've been in the Assemblies of God, we've always made a faith promise. Nobody ever twisted our arms because we have background for missions and a heart for missions. But over 50 years, every pledge that we've ever made Quite often, maybe my husband is more spiritual than I am, you know, because like Sarah said, we would, we would pray and ask God what we should give. His was always twice as much as I would think, you know. <laughs> that just tells you my spirituality level, I guess. But anyway, no pledge that we ever made was not met. God was faithful in always providing the funds. And that's above our tithe and any other giving. So we're not, but like I said, we're not after your money. It's not that. You know, God owns everything we have anyway, so you're not doing anything supernatural, you know. But you are the one who's going to be blessed by doing it for missions. So God is faithful, and it's so funny. Today, it, faith, that, that's the, uh, everything we're doing is based on faith. So it's orchestrated. I love it. Thanks, Mom. Awesome. We've got a great team here. There's a few others on our missions board as well, and we get to administrate the funds and steward the funds that are given through the Gateway Church. And it is a real privilege to serve with these guys. And uh, I just want you guys to give them a hand and thank them for, for serving. All right, you guys can have a seat. Awesome. And then let me just, what do we want to do? Autumn, were you ready to speak? Did you have something burning in your heart? Okay, I, I totally forgot after I said, Autumn, um, share what was on your heart, yes. Really, there's not much left to say because, as everyone has pointed out already this morning, faith, that's the center of the faith promise. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if people know this, but marriage is a passion of mine and tithing is a passion of mine. And so I'm going to stand up here and say something about tithing because this church a tithe of your tithe goes straight to missions. So if you're wishy-washy about faith promise because you haven't given a tithe yet, consider tithing a tenth. Um, and if you can't do that, do something. I just want to say it works. <laughs> there, um, Our tithe now is easily higher than our annual income was when we first got married. And <laughs> we were very poor for a very long time. But we had 
AG marriage, premarital counselors that said to us, just test God. Do it. Put your tithe in, even if it's $20 a month. <laughs> we were very poor. Um, <laughs> try it. Do it. Test God. He is faithful. I believe the Lord wanted you to say that, so way to go. I love it. I love it. We're going to move along here quickly at this point, but um, Autumn mentioned the fact that when you give a tithe here at the Gateway Church, 10% of that goes to fund missions. So when the priests come in and uh, we pay their expenses, we put them in a hotel or we take them out to eat, um, that we are paying that for that out of the 10% that is given. Out of that 10%, we also have built churches and we do local outreach and we have done, uh, we, we, when missionaries from our church go, we support them and uh, with, you know, for short-term missions and, and different things like that. And so that has been a real blessing. And we talked about City Serve last week. We're hitting play on local outreach again. Uh, everybody say amen to that, right? We talked about that last week. Well, that is going to be funded through the 10% uh, that is given off the top of our tithes and offerings. But faith promise is a little bit different. Faith promise giving supports the missionaries on the field. Like Sarah was saying, it's the paycheck for missionaries and missions organizations. And we have grown over the last 15 years that I've been here, over the last 20 years of established as the Gateway Church, uh, from one, two, three, to now over 100, and the Lord is good. We're not going to twist anybody's arm, but the way it works is you keep this portion, tuck that in your Bible, in your journal, Put it on your mirror, and it'll remind you. And then as the Lord gives you faith, you will give. And we believe that the Lord will provide for not only the current needs, but for beyond. We are not finished. We were with the board. I was with the, not with the missions board this week, but with the full board uh, that runs, that helps run the church with me. And I, Bob Boss, I'll just put you on the spot. Uh, go ahead and stand. He's one of our elders. Um, uh, he said this last Thursday night, by faith, he said this. He said, there's no way God is finished here. And we were talking about missions. We were talking about, we were talking about the future and, and talking about making an announcement like this. And, 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 and so I believe that. And we have new folks with us. If you're a part of the Gateway Church, we believe you should be doing this with us. Pay your tithes, of course. But then above and beyond that is the Lord gives you faith and the ability to give. So praise the Lord for all of that. Um, this morning has been a little uh, different than what we had planned, but the Lord is working. And we just believe that, that uh, God is on the throne. He's ministering to us this morning. And we have got an incredible opportunity um, for, to hear from the word from uh, Pastor Kurt Kirk, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do that, but I'm going to dismiss the kids at this point. Uh, sorry, Rachel, thanks for hanging on, all the kids. All the kids are dismissed, and while they go, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and, uh, and then we'll be get into the Word. Lord, we thank you for this morning, for what you're doing. Lord, continue to move here in our midst for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.
Amen. Thank you for your giving and thank you for those faith promises. You know, you're, as, they, as they just explained to you, that really is what keeps boots on the ground, is that faithful monthly support of missionaries. And that does enable us to be where God has called us to be and to do those things. You know, I love this picture that we have up here as you look at those different faces and we see the many faces of missions on that screen. But you know what? We serve in Europe and Europe is not always thought of as a traditional place for missions. You'd be hard pressed to find a European on that screen right there, even though it came from AGWM, you know. It's kind of hard to think about someone wearing skinny jeans, drinking a latte, and smoking a cigarette as the traditional mission field. But you know what? God called us to Europe not because people are lost. There are lost people everywhere. We all know lost people. There's lost people that live or work near where you are. But God called us to Europe because it's about access. There are gospel deserts in this world, and Europe is one of those places. It's only about 2% of Europeans today are born again. Let me illustrate that. We've got about 100 people in this room right now. And, uh, and I'm going to ask Logan if you could stand up. And then Alex, if you stand up for me right here. These are our two believers. Let's give them a hand, all right? Right. But the rest of y'all are not saved if this was Europe today. And this represents right here the number of born-again people for all of France, Sweden, Germany, Poland, the Netherlands. And so the question is, how will the rest of you get to hear the gospel? Especially if you sit down, how are they going to hear? Now how are they going to hear? You know, but thank you guys so much. How are they going to hear unless somebody goes and tells them? 2% born again means that most Europeans in their lifetime will never have a family member or a schoolmate or a coworker or a neighbor that is born again, let alone have opportunity to have a conversation with somebody about the gospel. And that's why God has called us. We have these we have wonderful photos, and often we think of exotic photos when we think about missions, but then there's also gospel realities. And that's why God has said, I want you to go into missions. I already referenced this verse. We're gonna look at this again. Revelation chapter three, verse eight. The apostle John wrote this to a church in the city of Philadelphia, not the one in Pennsylvania, but the one that's in modern day Turkey. And uh, he wrote to this church and he was commending them for standing strong in their faith, even though they'd gone through a hard time. And he was saying that even in the midst of challenges and hard times, God opens a door for you. It says, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. God has given us an opportunity to go to Europe to bring the good news. He's given us an open door. And you know what? I don't know where you are at this morning, because I, I, I don't know most of you, I haven't met you before, and I don't know where you're at in life's journey, but I want to tell you this right now, God does. He knows if you got up on the wrong side of the bed or not this morning, and he knows if you're getting off on the right foot or not, because the cool thing about walking with God and going his way is that no matter what trajectory your life is taking right now, he is always at work to get you on the right road and to get you on the path that he has for you. 
God is in the business of doing that in all of our lives. And it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he is preparing good works in advance for you. That means that God is setting things up so that you will be successful. Now, the world has its own metrics for success, but God has his measure of success, and he is preparing good works for you in advance. He's already thinking ahead, no matter how young or how old we are. You know, when I was, when I was much younger, I, I had my life all mapped out. I had a big plan. I, 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 I met my wife, actually, at Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant. I grew up in Mount Pleasant. She grew up in Ludington. We met at CMU. But when I went off to college and I went to CMU, I wanted to go into politics. At the very least, I wanted to be a lawyer. But I wanted to go into politics. And I was studying political science, and I thought that the, the name or the title, President Priest, kind of had a cool ring to it. I got this really strange last name that I got from my dad, but uh, President Priest, and if not President, maybe at least Senator. And when you study political science to get that bachelor degree, you also have to take a foreign language. Well, my great-grandparents had immigrated from Germany. My, my grandmother, I can remember hearing her speak German as a child, and I thought, you know what? I got German blood. I'm going to take German classes because it's going to come natural. <laughs> German's a hard language. And, uh, and I remember, you know, that I was, I was studying, and I, and I can remember actually sitting in what we called a language lab back in the day. And for we had these things, young people, maybe you've never seen one except at a museum. It's called a cassette tape. And it's this plastic thing with magnetic tape in it. And we had to put these in this little tape player and put these earphones on. And I remember listening to this person count in German and I couldn't get it. I couldn't even count to, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I couldn't even get one, two, three. And I remember going and sitting out on a rock in the middle of campus. And I actually started crying and having a little panic attack because I thought I will never get to be president priest because I'm never going to graduate because I'm going to flunk this stupid foreign language requirement. And I prayed a very dangerous prayer. I said, God, if you will help me, I will go anywhere. I will do anything that you ask of me. Have any of you ever prayed a crazy prayer like that when you got in a jam? And you know what? I didn't just wake up one day and decide to be a missionary. It was a process that God took me through. And God was actually at work in my life, even with that language lab and with those things at that time. And I had no idea. But if I were to point to a pivotal moment in my life where God began to maybe fast forward or speed up or actually begin to, for me to begin to recognize the process, it was at about two o'clock in the morning when I was 18 years old in a girl's dorm room. Now, before your mind wanders too far down that road, there were about 20 of us from our Chi Alpha group, and we were having a prayer meeting. That's what we were doing there. We were seeking God and saying, God, what do you want to do with our lives? And there was about a half a dozen people that got saved that night and another half a dozen that were filled with the Spirit, and I was one of them. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit that night, and what God did was he began to get my attention and it began to tune my ear to the Spirit to say, God, I've made my plans, and I've been thinking I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, but Holy Spirit, what do you want to do with my life? And I can say fast forward years later. I can remember being in South Louisiana in ministry, 
And I had studied German, and I, I did really well, and I got all A's. I even won a scholarship at one point from CMU where I went to the city of Heidelberg, where I'm now a pastor. This was 25 years ago. I went there as an exchange student for a year, and I learned how to speak German fluently. And I can remember years later sitting in South Louisiana and saying, man, God, you really got this one wrong. These people down here, they speak French. Why did I ever learn German? Why didn't you have me take French? Because I'm down here in Cajun country. What were you thinking? And then God put on our hearts to move to Germany, and it began to make sense. There are things that we go through. There are things that we experience that God is using and God is doing and God is allowing because he is forming us, he is shaping us to be on his mission to see his kingdom come and his will be done. You know, I say, I've placed before you this open door. That's what God said in, in Revelation 3, 8. Open doors of opportunity come along and the question is, are we gonna have the faith to step through it and to do it? When we first moved to Heidelberg, we did not expect that we were going to experience this massive refugee crisis in Europe several years ago. And there were, you might remember this, seeing this on the news, but there were literally hundreds of thousands of people just walking down our interstate systems on the continent. And people wound up in our city because the year before the refugee crisis hit, the U.S. Army base closed in our city. And we were the only facility that had 40,000 empty beds. So thank you for your tax dollars at work because you provided housing for the refugees. But I wanna show you a picture as our church and some other churches came together and we, we transformed basically the officer's ballroom into a family center where every day these Muslim moms and dads and their children could come and, and they could interact with our volunteers that were there helping staff this. But we had a million and a half Muslim refugees from Iraq, Lebanon, Syria, Afghanistan move into our country in a very short time. And what's amazing is that because of, I was so encouraged to hear that you guys give $8,000 so far this year, the kids, you know, have been giving into mission projects. Because of your kids and the kids giving and moms and dads, thank you, you are able to help us buy toys for all of these refugee kids, the thousands of refugee kids that we had come into our city. But what also the kids giving went towards was something else. We did a big clothing drive. And when you do clothing drives, you get coats and you get pants and you get shirts and shoes. But what do you not get a lot of in a clothing drive? Underwear. Underwear. You know what? Because of your giving and the giving of other churches across the state here, we were able to buy $20,000 worth of socks and underwear to be able to give to the refugees and to show the love of Jesus in a practical way. So everybody got, you know, a pair of pants, they got a couple shirts, they got a coat, they got some shoes, and they got four pairs of socks and underwear. Isn't that awesome? Now, you might think to yourself, but wait a minute, Kirk, there's seven days in a week. Well, if, yeah, inside out, said pastor. I was going to say, you know, if y'all were, were honest, you double up sometimes too, you know? But God is so good. And, and I'll show you this next picture. Here's just some Muslim moms and, and some of the kids coloring at a table. But this next picture is a picture of a young man who knocked on my door of my office one day. He'd Googled Christian church on the internet and he walked in 
And uh, it's this, the next slide that you guys can show. And he, he said to me in his broken English, he hadn't learned any German yet. He said, I basically paid someone $10,000 to smuggle me over the border from Iran into Turkey. And then I hiked and I, catched, I hitchhiked and, and I've gotten here. And, he's, and he had a cross necklace on. And he said, I don't know much about Jesus, but I don't want to be a Muslim anymore. Can you help me? And in the last five years, we've seen 16 Iranians give their life to Jesus, and we've baptized them, and they're growing in their faith. Yeah, let's give God glory. God is awesome. And when we look at over the last five years, how many Muslims have come to Christ? You see, we look at it this way. Whoa, a million and a half Muslims coming into my country Duck and cover is maybe what you might think. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is saying there's a million and a half opportunities that are now in a place where they can freely hear and receive the gospel. And over 20,000 Muslims have gotten saved nationwide in Germany. And when we add up how many from all of the works in all the ministries across Europe, we're estimating that close to 100,000 Muslims have come to Christ in the last five years in Europe. Isn't that awesome? What we might think, ooh, what about this and what about that? The Holy Spirit is saying, yes, it's my kingdom and I will call a people to me from all nations. Amen? That's gateway missions in action right there. Those missionaries besides us, but all the others that you support. And something that's really been just a blessing for us in the last couple years is we were asked by Assemblies of God World Missions to serve as area directors in Central Europe. I'm going to put a map of Europe up on the screen. And Central Europe, are, it's kind of these greenish-yellow countries. That's what we call Central Europe. It's Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Poland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, and here's a fun one, Liechtenstein. Look at your neighbor and say, Liechtenstein. Isn't that a great little country? But we have 75 missionaries serving in those different countries. And you support several of the missionaries that are serving in there that come from here in Michigan. And we serve as their pastors providing pastoral care and support, but we're also involved in recruiting and training and placement of new missionaries in that part of the world. And God is still calling. He is still speaking to hearts, to both young and old. You're never too old to be a missionary. I say that because on the first mission trip I ever went to, I met a couple that were 67 and 68 years old. They had retired from General Electric and they had just gotten to the mission field. And they were excited to be there. And I can remember as a 20-year-old thinking, wow, they're ancient, you know. But now I look at where I'm at in life and pushing closer to 50, and I go, wow, that's not, I, I still got another 50 years to go, you know. But you're never too young, you're never too old. God wants to use all, and he's still calling people to missions. This next picture is a church in Slovakia, got a congregation here. We work with some missionaries. I was able to go out and visit. We'll go to the next one. That's actually some training, but this congregation didn't exist three years ago. We partnered together with Convoy of Hope, went into this, this village with a thousand people, and after several weeks of outreaches and evangelism and services and a community outreach program, 300 people gave their lives to Christ. That's one-third of the city. Can you imagine, or the village, one-third of everybody in your city giving their life to Christ? 
And teams have come and helped us put this church together, and these people are growing and learning about Jesus. These folks need help. We need more workers. We got so many people getting saved in these Roma villages in Slovakia. Maybe God's speaking to you about going to that part of Europe. You know, at the beginning, I showed you that picture of our our building that was kind of tight, that selfie picture. You know, we've got to build, and we need a new facility. So I'll show you. These are our building plans. And uh, in fact, I love your new building here. I love this here. Amy was looking at how you guys did the concrete and the carpet, taking pictures. You know, maybe we'll do this in ours. But we've been working with the city for the last three years to get a building permit. And just before we came home for itineration to come and connect with our supporting churches, two days before that, we got our building permit. So yeah, praise God. So when we go back, we're going to build And we're believing in faith that we'll be able to do that. And it will not only serve as our local church building, Life Church there in Heidelberg, but it's also going to be our missionary and church planting team training center for Central Europe. So as we bring new missionaries in, we want to train them and send them out. Maybe some of you will be part of that team and God will speak to your heart to come. You know, it's... It's an, an incredible opportunity to partner with the Lord and to partner with his people. And so I'm so grateful for the opportunity to come and to share and to give you guys an, uh, an update and, uh, about what's happening, but also to encourage you and to challenge you. You know, not only giving to missions makes a difference, but praying for missionaries really makes a difference. Let's look at this verse in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 3. I'm going to close with this thought from this verse. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Paul is writing this to a church as missionary Paul, and he's saying, will you guys pray for us that God opens a door for us as we preach the gospel in other places? You know, we've got a table out in the foyer, and we'd love to connect with you some more after service. And uh, we've got some more information about our ministry. But I also brought some items from our cafe. We've got some coffee mugs, and I've got some reusable shopping bags and a few other things. And those will be for sale. And all the sales from that stuff goes right back into our evangelistic cafe. But we'd love to get one of those, get some stuff in your hand. But we also have prayer cards. That's like a missionary business card. And uh, you can take that prayer card, put it up on your fridge, put it in your Bible, put it somewhere where you're going to remember to be able to do what it says here in in the book of Colossians. Pray for us that God would open a door. And as I said before, I got kind of a funny last name, priest, probably the only assembly of God priest you're ever going to meet in your life. So it's real easy to remember our name and to pray for us and to pray for Europe and to pray for missions And to say, God, what part do you want me to have in establishing and advancing your kingdom in Europe and around the world? Amen? Thank you for letting me come and share. Pastor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a blessing and what a blessing today has been. I'm going to ask that you stand this morning. We're going to close and uh, release you here in just a moment. 
But I just want to kind of tie together what I see the Lord doing today. At the beginning of the service, Pastor Rachel was talking about, hey, you may have come and you feel great on the top of the mountain, or you might feel kind of low, and, uh, and, and that's okay as well. God is here to meet us. And then through worship, God extended our worship time, and, and uh, we ended our worship time with what we are going to end now, but we're, we won't now, but uh, with it as well. And the idea is that God is with us. And then Pastor Kirk, he says that God is at work in us, and he wants to use us. And he just mentioned a second ago, partnering with the Lord. And that's what faith promises. That's what our lives should be, we are partnering with Jesus to make his name famous. And today as we go, I want to go in faith, trusting that God is with us, he's for us, he's going before us, behind us, and around us. And uh, do you believe that? And do you believe what our elder said this week, that there's no way God is finished with us that he's got great plans for our church and for our future together. And we have said over and over and over for years now, the key to the Gateway Church has been and always will be missions. And you guys are a part of that as, a, as the priest family. Um, and each and every one of us are a part of that. And we're grateful for you. Uh, today, I want to pray a blessing over you uh, before you go. But know this, when I say amen and we turn and we walk out of these doors, we are entering a mission field right in our backyard. And the Lord wants to use you. So, Father, I pray all these things. Lord, you've been working today in, a, in just a beautiful way. And, Lord, we yield to you in your heart. And we ask, Lord, that you would just strengthen us for the tasks at hand, for the future. And Lord, I pray that your heart would be seen through our lives. And Lord, that you would choose us. And often, as I say, Lord, if, as you're looking along the lakeshore for a church, you're looking for a group of people and individuals to use. Lord, I pray that you would choose us. Choose me. Oh, Lord, and now go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.